Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Without fear? Anybody? Could I see a show of hands? No, you're believers. You came here. I know of at least 10 families that aren't here because of physical situations. And that's, we gather to fellowship as people of faith. Not picking on them at all. I'm simply saying, I want them here. I want them in their homes doing better, getting stronger and coming back because they add something to us when we gather in his name. You know, Lucas is not here today, Cassandra, so that means I won't get a fist pump from Parker. It almost blows the morning right there if I don't get a fist pump from Parker. Everyone is important. You ready for the word? Okay. Uh, Counting on the fact that we're believers, we're going to talk about crazy, great faith, but it takes two ways to look at it. You can talk just on faith, but there's other things that went on that Jesus mentioned pertaining to unbelief and faithless and this that we also need to pay attention because it should be a sign to us as let's not act like that. One of the words for the crazy faith, I like the word marveled. Marveled. Okay? Remember that crowds marveled at the teachings and the signs and wonders of Jesus. Pilate marveled. He and his pharisaical council marveled because they kept on trying to put Jesus down and he kept on winning. They marveled at that. His own disciples marveled at Jesus. What they had trouble with is the fact that they could touch Jesus. We can't, so from the get-go, it's we believe in him. So here's a man that I saw take a nap. Here's a man eating some fish on on the shoreline. And uh, they marveled at, more than marveled, they doubted, and they got stuck. When I say stuck is they would pull him aside and say numerous times to Jesus, can you explain that stuff to us now that the crowd isn't here? Because we're not catching it. They marveled. The word marvel simply means to wonder and to admire. Now you can wonder what bad will happen, or you can wonder, wow, that was awesome. Either way. But the other is admire, which is a tone that we should admire one another as you see each one of us live our life out in faith. Are we good there? Let's go to Mark chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse, we'll start in verse 3. Having been to Nazareth, and they built a church, uh, any historical site has a church connected to it. They just built one along. And the one in Nazareth, Nazareth, you've got to go up a long, probably five-block hill. And up there is the church where they say that's where Jesus did this. And it says that, uh, uh, oh, let's see where I want to go. We'll go verse 3. But is this not the carpenter's son, the son of Mary? 
they mention his brother and brothers and everyone and sisters and they were offended in him how's this guy preaching this how's this guy doing this they marveled in their unbelief and Jesus states in verse 6 that a prophet is not without honor only in his hometown yeah because we know who you are now I grew up Catholic and went to Simmer Mary's and now which is around Kali Rommel People who hear that I am who I am, do what I do now, can't believe that because they knew me in high school and that's not what I was. Anybody? There was a, we call conversion. I, you, you die to yourself, you come on alive into Jesus Christ, right? But uh, my high school buddies can't believe what happened to Jim McGaffin. Okay? So here he says in verse... Oh, oh, five. It says, and there he could do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus marveled at a group of people of their unbelief. There he could do no mighty works. He wanted to do mighty works. He was stopped from doing them because of the unbelief. You know, there are mighty works in each one of our lives. They should be being done daily, weekly, all the time. But oftentimes you find believers not believing that God would use them. We'll use a pastor. We'll use somebody else, but not me. He'll use you right where you're at. You make the difference right where you're at. No matter the age of a person in this room or watching online, age has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with believing. And he marveled. He just, like, shook his head and wondered, I can't, there's so much unbelief here. And you'll find numerous times there are some people who got healed who, according to Jewish Mosaic law, should never have gotten healed because they're not Jews. One time he said, it's not right that we give the bread to the dogs. He's talking to someone who's not doesn't have a covenant. And that's when the lady comes back and says, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. And he said, for that saying, you're healed. Okay, we'll go on more then. We're going to go Matthew 8, verses 8 through 10. This is the centurion. And the centurion is a Roman officer. He can be in command of no less than 100 and up to 1,000 men. They were hated in Israel and they hated the Jews they did not party together on Friday night you know what I mean and he has no business coming to Jesus because he's not a Jew and his servant is dying and he must love this servant and he said will you come and heal my servant and Jesus said I'll come he said oh, no 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 you don't have to come I love this about being bold, about crazy faith. He said, speak the word only. Now here's a Roman recognizing that Jesus' words carry authority. Every person sitting in this room, are you aware that the words that are coming out of your mouth have authority? So what comes out your mouth becomes vital to your future and the people you get a chance to touch. During this time for me, 
and I was, I would say I'm really good at it. I'm much better at it now. Uh, I notice when anyone does one little thing for me, first words out my mouth are, thank you. I control what comes out of my mouth to be a blessing. Everyone in here, you control the words that come out of your mouth to be a blessing. I'm sure Deborah gets tired of hearing, thanks, hon, thanks, hon, because it's all the time. She's the one that takes care of me. And today was a big day. We have a chair that goes up and down 14 steps, first floor to second floor. I went downstairs to use the bathroom by myself and used the bathroom by myself, got cleaned up by myself, got back in the chair and came up and started getting dressed by myself. That my wife doesn't have to do every little thing for me. I'm, you get by faith. I'm, I talk to my body all the time. I plan what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let situations fill me with unbelief where Jesus marveled at their unbelief. No, let's go get this done. Amen? Amen. See, the centurion, he said, I've not found, this is Jesus in verse 9 and 10. I have never seen this kind of faith. No, not in Israel. It should have been in Israel. But the centurion saw it and he said, this is great faith. Now, I want my faith in my life. When people talk of Jim McGaffin or talk of you, they say, that person has great faith. Why? Because things happen that are not carnal, although it's in the carnal realm. But people get healed, prayers get answered, lives get changed because of your faith. Amen? Now, this is a tough one. Let's go to John chapter 20. This guy uh, got called a bad title on him. They called him Doubting Thomas. When truth be known, all the disciples doubted till they saw him. But Thomas was not with them this time. And he says this to them. Oh, where to see. 20, verse 24. The lighting up here stinks. Trying to read. I'm going to have it. Something is going to get better. Amen? He said, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the side, I will not believe. Now he said, and remember the disciples already saw Jesus. And so they've already seen it. It's not like they're, ooh, just Thomas was terrible. No. But Thomas says, I won't believe unless I see. The next thing you know, and after eight days, again the disciples were within, and Thomas was with them this time, and Jesus came in, the door being shut, and stood in their midst. Now, okay, two things you don't want to miss here. One is the door was shut. Why was it shut? Because of the Romans and of the Pharisee. They had their own military to carry out the temple's business. And uh, Jesus was rose from the dead, and there's all kinds of rumors and everything going crazy, and they thought they are going to be arrested. Even when Peter was arrested and an angel got him out, 
he stood at the door and knocked and how and they didn't believe it was him why was the door locked up because they thought they were going to get arrested and killed like jesus so here's one thing jesus just stands in the midst of them have any of you ever seen an angel okay there's three people in in this room that have seen an angel the time it happened for me i didn't expect to i was on stage and I was about to uh, receive the offering to do something. It was for born-again marriage convention, about 2,000 people and all that. And I turned around, and I saw him, and I tripped over myself and fell up against the baby grand piano. Scared the snot out of me. Did not expect to see that. Okay, there's spiritual things going on all the time and should be in your life. When Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that he can see the chariots of fire that were there, I got news for you. That's not when they were created and just showed up. They've been there the whole time. There's stuff for your kids to protect your children, your grandkids from getting hurt. They came to us and said that Deborah's sack had sprung a leak with our first son. And the fluid was coming out, and he, there's probably going to be an infection, and it will wait a few hours and make a final decision about doing a C-section and just taking our old son, Micah. That's not what we prayed. No. Two hours later, Methodist Hospital, 45 years ago, come to him and said, I don't know what to tell you. We saw the picture. We, we know it. it. A balloon with water in it doesn't heal itself. The water pours out. And he said, the sack sealed over. She's fine. You can go home. We came back six, six weeks later and gave birth. But something happened, and the doctors had proof in their supernatural day, supernatural protection. Amen? Amen? The second thing that's important here, Jesus quoted what Thomas said, unless I see, unless I put. Jesus wasn't there when that was being said the first time. This is eight days later. Eight days later, Jesus quotes what Thomas said, although hadn't been there. There are things going on that you're going to hear in your heart. Now you're going to call it your heart, your spirit, your soul. Let's just, I'll just go with heart for right now. There are some things that you're going to hear that are of the spirit in your heart. Giving you instruction, giving you warning, helping you understand a situation. Jesus heard. Well, that's Jesus. Uh, is he not in you? Is it not his spirit that is your teacher and your guide? Yes. To live supernaturally in faith. Amen? I love this one. This is Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It's a long story. But it is important. Jesus goes to the house. The house refers to one of two homes, historians will tell you. That's either Peter's house where the mother-in-law gets healed, or that's Jesus' home, where he lived. He had to have a place to live. They're packed out, and what they do is they put these uh, walls about this high up around their, their uh, homes, and that's to protect from uh, people stealing the fruit and the animals and things like that. But also then you have the, the house has a brickish, um, oh, not 
it's stiffer than what you call a mud roof. But it's like the, the early days, and, and uh, in some of the roofs, you could stand on them. They can't get this guy on a cot. He's got palsy. He can't walk. His friends, four of them, bring him there, and he can't get in because it's a huge crowd. And that crowd is not being favorable to Jesus. They want to find some way to trip him up. The guy's got to get the man in there. However they walked, far that was, they've got to get in there. They've got to get in there, right? They go up on the roof, and they cut a hole in the roof. Now, whether it's Peter's mother-in-law or it's Jesus' house, you don't open up someone's roof very often. Do you? you know, you just don't cut it open. But they cut it open big enough for a cot that a man lays in. Now, I've been in a hospital bed for months at times, and you, you get uh, conditional a bit to the, the environment. This guy's... His buddies are carrying them. They're carrying up up on the roof. They're not going through the door. They're going up on the roof. What are we going to do? We're going to lower you down through the roof. What? So all four had to be in agreement to do this. And the guy in the cot probably was in agreement to do this too. Because Jesus is his only hope of ever getting healed. And it says as they lowered him, Jesus said, and seeing their faith. About verse 5, and seeing their faith. Faith has actions. It's just not words. You have actions and corresponding words. You have words and corresponding actions. They go together when you walk by faith. Amen? And he says, I saw their faith. And then he goes and heals him. And all those guys are just absolutely furious with Jesus because he heals them right then. I think it's pretty cool. Sometimes when you use your faith and you're in situations, the mockers, the scoffers, don't know what to do with you. But it doesn't stop you from being who you are. You know, I love my kids and my grandkids, and my faith goes flying out to them in anything in their life. Anything in their life. I see Matt Dosifiak is with us, Hope's son, but also Colin, my Son-in-law's brother. Matt's been a member of this family, my family, either through Mark or through his brother for a long time. He's, he's stuck with us. But don't touch Matt. We pray for Matt. God's blessing on his life. Protect him for hope. We're family. Not only the family of God, but we're also now, in a sense, family. And I just tell you, faith flies out of you flies out of you. Got to. And you teach your kids to do this. I told you about Mercedes praying for the mannequins at Yonkers. But by seven or eight, you want her to pray for you because you'll get healed. One would be Mark. I forget Mark's old five. He's upstairs in our bedroom with us talking to mom and dad. And Micah and James are downstairs. And Micah's picking on James. And all of a sudden you hear James yell, he's hurt. And I said, well, I'm going to go down and pray for James. And Mark does this, just a little five-year-old. No, Dad, I got it. I'll take care of it. And Mark goes down and prays for him. I just love it. Five, I got it. I'll take care of it. Because that's how they live. That's the way you live. I dated a girl named Kathy Knutson when I was a senior in high school. She was a senior at Westside. We worked together at E.D. Hills Theater. And the first thing on our first date, she came to our, 
Deborah's at my wedding. She uh, came to my mom's funeral. She, she became a family friend. If I liked you, you were coming to the McGaffin household on a Sunday night and play cards with the whole troop. There's 15 to 30 people at our house every Sunday night for family night. And everybody loved Kathy. Well, first thing Kathy tells me, when, and I don't know this, she goes to Westside. She's a senior. She's real pretty. We, get, we talk and laugh, and she said yes to go out with me. And she got in the car, and we put on our seatbelts. She said, I want you to know, I don't do anything on a date in a car, anything, without the full knowledge that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is sitting in the back seat. How many know that, that sort of set the tone for the date? Yeah. Pretty much. But you know what? I think about her today, and I smile. Her faith spoke and touched my heart. And God used that time to get me saved a year later. That was a seed that went into my life that someone my age really believes and knows what they're doing. Amen? Amen. We talked about this the last time I preached, and this is Mark chapter 4, verses 34 through 41. At the beginning of the chapter, Jesus teaches the most important message of his ministry. The sower sows the word. In one version it says that he told them, if you don't understand this, how will you understand anything else I teach? This was vital. This was during the day. And then Jesus wants to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee on the other side. By the way, that's like crossing over from Minnesota to Wisconsin on the great one of the Great Lakes. That is a big sea. And these are, some of them are professional fishermen. This is when Jesus goes after preaching all day and lays down on the back of the boat. The boat is about as long as from that wall to that wall. We've been to Israel and they have duplicated, uh, replicated, better word, uh, the fishing boats of that day and you can take a ride in it and it's part of a tour. It was incredible to just be out there on the water and then think of this particular one or be sitting in this boat and see Jesus walk on the water. In this one where they wake him up and say, don't you care that we perish? And he chastises them. He corrects them because they didn't use what they were just taught with the sower sows the word. Now here's the important thing. Use what you get taught. Use what you learn in the word of God. Put it to use. The more you put it to use, the more you have ownership or grasp of it. And he said, why have you so little faith? And they marveled and said, what kind of guy is this that can even the wind and the waves, you know, obey him? They still didn't, you caught the, you know, he just corrected you guys because you didn't use the very thing I taught you that would have stopped this. Amen? Okay, we go to, if we go to Mark 11... And he, Mark 11 goes from, oh, gosh, verses 18 through 24, but main ones are 23 and 24. Here's one that everyone in here should have an automatic answer for. How do you use the faith of God? That's what it says in verse 23. I'll turn there, Mark. Jesus answered, this is... 
Verse 23, Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Most translations say this is how you use God's faith. And he's going to teach him something. What he had done is he went to a fig tree expecting to get some food, some figs on it, and it didn't, and he cursed a tree. One of the versions says it died immediately, right before their eyes. The other one said they came back the next day. Either way, I don't know if any of you have cursed a fig tree or an apple tree and come back the next day and see it dead. And he does an incredible teaching that you can say to yonder mountain, get up and be cast into the sea. And there were mountains there. All around that area, there are rolling mountains, not big uh, oh, Colorado type of mountains, but they're, they're mountains. So you could cast into the sea. The sea was right there. He says, you can do this. And how do you do it? By believing in your heart. And whatever you believe in your heart, you say with your mouth and you shall have it. But you have to get, it says, doubting nothing. Get rid of the doubt. So here we go. We got a promise. Let's say it's healing. Your body says this. Scripture says, by the stripes of Jesus, I am already healed. What am I going to do? I can pay more attention to the way my body feels, or I can pay more attention to what the Word of God says and get rid of the unbelief. I'm not negating the fact that I might have to lay down or not feel with, but you know what? I spoke to my body. I spoke to it. I had a number of mountains get out of my way during the year in the hospital, that process. A number of mountains that the doctors would just shake their head at me. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you what I did because of God's word. I'll brag on him. Believed in my heart. What happens if you have some unbelief? Because one guy said, I believe, help my unbelief. The way you get rid of unbelief is believe the word. And if you're going to be afraid of COVID and you're going to be afraid of life and everything else, then uh, go ahead and watch all the news things that are not news things. When a news person gives their opinion, that is all it is. It is not fact. It's not who, what, when, and why journalism. My father was journalism professor Creighton and at WWTV. When they give their opinions, they're a commentator. And we have people listening to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and you don't know if they're born again, but what's coming out of their mouth is filled with doubt, fear, and unbelief. Why would you listen to that? Why? Anybody have a friend or relative that does nothing but talk negative? Why do you sit down and listen to that? I'm going to take my word and I'm going to believe God's promise on me. I'll find every scripture I can on healing and talk to my body and talk to my body and talk to my body because I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm so far ahead of schedule. They, they just shake their head. Or how did you do that? God's word's working in my life. I'm not great. His word is great. Well, you can't be able to balance like that. I is. How do you do that? Because I told my body this is what we're going to do in the name of Jesus. And the key word in there is the name of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. So can you. So can you. Amen. I'm having fun, I hope. One time he says believe. Three times he says speak. If i got to get this congregation... 
You got to believe what he says, but you got to be speaking it. You got to get it out of your mouth into life. Now, I am one of the least religious people you'll ever see. I don't say, yea, though, verily, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. I get rid of all religious terminology. I don't care. I, I put this to work daily. It fits Jim McGaffin where he lives. And I believe it. And if I got some doubt on something, I'll believe it more. I'll believe it more. There was a Sunday that I was told by the Spirit to give Tony Barnes and Victory Writing Academy $100. I was supposed to pray for two people who were sick. They got instantly healed right there. I didn't have any money on me, so I had to get Tony a check. And Tony wasn't here that day. He usually sits right there. Well, I purposed in my heart to give. Before I left this property, nobody knowing about it, I had received in my hand nearly $1,300 of at least five people. I said, the Lord told me to give you this. The Lord told me to give you this. The Lord told me. I hadn't even given it yet, just on the fact that I said I would. I started getting a return. And you can say I'm crazy, but I had the $1,300. You didn't. I could buy a lot of gummy bears for $1,300, let me tell you. Yay, gummy bears. My point is, it working in our lives every day, on the job, favor. I had an owner of the Landons whose greatest joy is to fire people at the Christmas party. He hated Christians, but he loved me because I made him money. I came a half hour early. I stayed a half hour late. I worked my tail off more than any of the others in my department. You know what? When I needed a day off, he gave me a day off. He didn't give anybody else a day off. He fired him. He's not a nice man. He was always nice to me. Pulled me down in his office and said, Jim, I have plans for you in the future. Whatever you do, don't leave here because I have plans for you. He didn't do that to anybody else. He did it to me. Why? God's favor. God's favor on my life. Amen? Are we, are we good? Okay. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, big shot. His daughter is near death. He is embarrassing himself or putting his career on the line by going to ask Jesus, the master, who the religious environment hated to come to his house but he loved his daughter and knew that Jesus could heal her. So, Jesus said, I'll go. Anybody ever gone someplace that knew everything was against you when you were going to go? But you went anyhow and prayed. Went anyhow and prayed. So, uh, as they're going, there's a lady who is not a Jew, who has an issue of blood, which you cannot be in public with an issue of blood. You, uh, leprosy, issue of blood, and there were three or four other things that you couldn't go because everything revolved around the synagogue in the center of the city, and then you had the market all the way around that. You had to stay on the outside. Remember the lepers, he spoke to them afar off. The lepers were afraid to come in because they'd be stoned to death because they might infect somebody. Having been in a leper colony in Nigeria, it is not a pretty sight what you see. That one will shake you. 
But I remember Oral Roberts telling the story about he's in Africa. He's got all this press with him, trying to put him in a bad light, trying to do this, you know, just follow him around and go and buy the leper colony. Someone said, ah, oh, I wish there was something we could do for him. And Oral said, I'm going. He spent all day laying hands on lepers. None of the press came with him. But he went in. You're going to do some stuff. Well, I've embarrassed myself before. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to lay hands on that lady whose head is bleeding so much in front of all those people. What if it doesn't work? What if it does? And it did. One of the first preachers to come up here and live up here, his name was Charlie Kraft. I worked part-time for him, not for any money, but I, I put in a part-time job in his office in the church he started. It was the first Word of Faith church in Omaha. And we went out to uh, Grand Island to the largest potato farmer in the state of Nebraska. And on Friday night at his big farmhouse, there's 100 people that's with kids there for Charlie Craft and a teaching. He does... Uh, He opens his house every Friday night. This is Charlie's turn to be there. All I'm doing is coming, driving Charlie. I'm being the gopher. Charlie does whatever, does the service. The house did a great job. Then we're done, and he said, we're going to pray for some people. So he prayed for a couple people. And this girl, no, not everybody, they don't have an organ going, and everybody's being sanctified, holy, and spiritual. no. Kids are making noise. It's a house full, full of people. And Charlie has this girl come up. She has one of those shoes that has a two and a half inch lift to it because her leg is short. This isn't just get a chiropractor adjustment short. This is the leg is short and she's got special shoes. Right. And Charlie goes, hey, everybody, we're going to pray for whatever her name is. Jim's going to pray for her, and God's going to do a miracle right now. Come watch. Say, what? <laughs> that was one of the first time in front of a crowd. Lord, if you don't back me on this one, this is going to be a tough call. I laid hands on her, and the leg popped out immediately within about five seconds. Mother's crying. She's crying. Everybody's happy. And I'm going, oh, gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't well, real churchy, but I don't think the girl minded because she got her leg grown out. So the lady who doesn't have any right to touch Jesus in a huge crowd bumping and everything comes up and touches the hem of his garment. The word hem is important because a rabbi teacher on the hem of his garment are all these tassels. The ta tassels represent the promises of God. If I just touch the promise of God, I'll be healed. The disciples said, what do you mean, Jesus, who touched you? They're thronging. Everybody's bumping on you. And he said, no, virtue went out of me. And I'm telling you, you get to the point in your walk with the Lord that you can sense when the power of God flows through you to somebody else. And you'll get, I want to say take it for granted, you'll get used to knowing that God will do that. And you'll know. Part of praying for people is that you get blessed too. Now, you get healed today, Melvin. Praise God. You know your benefit is you're well, and you get to tell people about it. Right. You know what my benefit is with the guy who prayed for you? Is I get the testimony of it. Right. That for the rest of my life I can say, look what my God did. Look what God did. Look what he did for my son. 
when they tell you on the phone that we're, we're in Papillion driving out to Louisville because little James, my, my grandson, was hit by a large Ford sedan and drug 30 plus feet underneath the car and they're flying him by a helicopter and they say he is dead. That's my grandson. He's James's son, I understand, but that's my grandson named after me. That's James the fifth. And they, we, get, we turn around, we go to Creighton. They're going to helicopter him in. We're at Creighton up on the heliport area, and they don't want you to park up there. And they're like, that's, I don't care what they want. That's my grandson. I went inside. They handed us pamphlets on funerals for children. I'm serious. They handed, the helicopter landed, the gurney that comes out, and there's blood all over it, and there's little James. I can't see if he's moving or not. The guard comes and tells me that we have to move, and that's James's son. There's no way we're moving. He said, you can't be here. You have to move. I was told we could, and we're staying right where they told us. Nope, that has to change. You have to move now. I said, nope. He said, I'll have to make you move. I said, you don't make enough money, and you better call for backup because I am not moving. My son's going to see his son. Little James was out of the hospital in two and a half days, totally healed, Couple cuts worth a lot of blood. Don't know what went on that they said he was dead, but he be 16 years old now. Not a little two-year-old that gets drugged underneath a car. What did you say? We spoke our faith. No. No, we're not having that. My children are protected. The fruit of my wife's womb is protected. Our grandsons are protected. No. Not going to have it. Faith believing without doubting and others will marvel at you not a problem not a problem but you know what Jairus this took up some time they came and told him that your daughter's dead don't bother the master anymore you know what Jesus says don't be afraid Jairus only believe don't now here's the thing about our society is that we are taught to be afraid of the dark we're taught to be afraid of insects. We're taught to be afraid of everything there is. Fear, 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 fear. And we have to relearn how we respond. I'm not afraid. The guy pulled the knife on me when I stopped him from beating his girlfriend out in the par our parking lot. He pulled the knife. Were you afraid? I know what the knife is. I know what the knife can do. But you know what? I'm not afraid. Because I know God's going to pull this off. And he did. The guy fell apart, cried, and virtually fell in my arms crying because the reason he's beating on his girlfriend is because she cheated on him. Not afraid. Not afraid. Okay, I'll go. Any of you? Every one of us? Great is our faith. We're going to double and triple the size of this church because of the testimonies of faith that every person who God's planted here can share. I want to go see that. I want to experience that. And if it's not just for the love of God that we that is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, but that we share with one another. That's how Crystal got here. We go up chiropractor, Missouri Valley, come down. She managed a restaurant in Mutual Omaha area. We'd stop all the time. And you know who got her? Mercedes. Mercedes worked her over. Now I call her Sades, but you know, she did the same thing. 
Who will say no to Mercedes? Nobody. Who wouldn't help? Everybody loves Mercedes. That's how she got here, just simply by asking and being kind and loving on one another. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to quote some scriptures here for you, or some numbers. This is Romans 15, Acts 2, 4, 5, 8, 14, and 2 Corinthians 12. You know what happened? Signs and wonders. And it wasn't Jesus doing them. The disciples were fishermen. Matthew was a crooked tax collector. Just because you call them, they're the apostles, they're the disciples. Don't give them any more credit. The transformation that had to take place in their life to live by faith, to have Peter and John say, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Peter, who screwed up so many times, knew what he had when he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Signs and wonders. Twice in the signs and wonders when they were threatened, you know, they oh, I guess we can't pray for people anymore. We can't preach the name of Jesus, can't heal the sick, cast out the... We just can't do it because they're threatening us. No. The apostles who deserted Jesus in the garden that night are now praying and saying, and grant unto us boldness that we might proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ by healing the sick. You want to hear what we preach? Watch. We'll heal the sick. We'll heal the sick. We'll heal the sick. Really? Yeah, we'll heal the sick. You, in praying for the loved ones in your life and for the acquaintances that you come across, pray for them. Right now, we're praying for Jody Barnes' dad is in Cincinnati, Ohio, and something life-threatening happened to him yesterday. Don't know the full report. But you know what? We know what the Word says, and he's healed. He'll live and he'll not die. Things will turn around. You really believe that? Yeah. Yeah. One, because it's God's word. Two, because I've seen God's word fulfilled in front of my eyes so many times. I, I, I have to believe it because it's come, it comes to pass. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. It's just not for TV preachers. Signs and wonders. It's for you. It's for when they crash off the bike and they not only need mommy to pick them up, but they need to be healed. Healed. Are we still doing okay? Yes. Okay, I got two more pages. <laughs> no, I won't go that long. What I want to ask you for is a promise. It has been really great for me to do what I chose or I challenged you to do Last Sunday. Okay. I call this Promise 22 in 22 to do. I'm going to ask you for 22 minutes of your time daily. In that, your life will be transformed. I'm asking for 22 minutes. Now, you're online. You're on Facebook you're somewhere on the computer more than 22 minutes. They talk, it's like four hours a day. People are online, wasting time most of the time. Anyhow, besides that, I want you to read a proverb, one proverb, one chapter for every day. Today's the 16th, you read the 16th. There are 31 proverbs, you got them covered. 
What do you do on a month that it's only 30 days? Oh, double up on the last one. You know, go for it. But then I want you to do one more chapter in the New Testament. Now, you can read the Gospels and you'll see the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. But you'll also see in epistles, particularly Romans, Ephesians, and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, they really proclaim who we are in Jesus Christ and what he has given us. So if you read the two chapters, it takes seven minutes. I have timed it. What are we going to do with the other 15? I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit. Speak in tongues for 15 minutes a day. Wow. Uh, how do you do that? You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. Holy Spirit will give you utterance. I tried to talk God into it for a, a number of months and got nowhere. One day I said, I give up, I just believe. And I started. I've been doing it ever since. But let me give you an idea about tongues. When you speak in tongues, it says you give thanks to the Father. Now, I can say thank you to Deborah 30 times today for the things she does for me. Sometimes I think she's got to get tired of me. always saying, thank you, honey. Thank you, honey. I don't, she says, no, I don't ever get tired. But to me, I'm, I'm just bugging her. I wish I could say I love you one way with a new word or, or thank you with a new word that would come across from the depth of my heart to her. When you pray in the Spirit, it comes from your spirit, man, and it goes to the Father God. It is in those chapters in Romans where he says, you can cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. There's a bond that takes place, praying in the Spirit. It's not being, I could care less if you hear me unless I have a word for you. That's not the deal for people to hear and show off. Ooh, no, that's not what it's about. It's about giving God thanks well. In one, in Revelations, it says when you pray or you sing in the Spirit, you're singing a song to God. Mark would make up songs and make a fake guitar and sing it. One of his favorites, over the top of the hill, yes I am in Jesus' name. And he's playing on the school. But he's four or five years old. He's making up a song to God. Tickled my heart so much that my boy did that. What do you think it does to the Father when you sing to him? When you sing to him. So much what we call Christian music, it is Christian music but it is not praise or worship music. Praise is something you do to God. You thank Him and appreciate what He did. I praise you for. I praise you, you always. Worship is just loving Him. I worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worship you for who you are. Just appreciating Him, just loving Him marveling at his love for you, singing. One of, one of the things when you pray in the Spirit, it says you talk to God and not to man. I like Howard, and we mess around all the time. But when I'm done talking to Howard, it's not the same as talking to him. Talking to the Heavenly Father. Where he has, it says, I'm praying one version of tongues is you're praying mysteries. Now, I don't know what will go on for the rest of the day, neither do you. But he does. And when I talk to him, I get instant information. I've been told, don't go down that street, turn here. Found out later there was a five-car pileup down the interstate there 
that I missed. I was at a Casey's going in there to get a thing of water, and I got in the car, and I just felt led to worship. I had a Christian music tape on it. So it's one of my favorite songs. I'll just sing it. I'm in a hurry. I've got to get to Sioux City for a meeting. No, I'll just take three, four minutes for a song. I did. Got on the interstate, went two miles down the road, and there was a truck that came over and hit the three motorcyclists that came out of the store while I was singing and killed all three, and blood's everywhere. I would have been right there with him when he and his commercial truck came up over the meridian and hit him. I would have been right there. What I, I chose to sing. I chose to sing. There are mysteries hid for you that he will give you understanding of. Mike, on the job, when you've got to know something that they don't know, he can give you insight into it and you'll figure it out. How many times makes you look smarter than you ever have been? Not that you're not smart. You couldn't hold that position if you could, weren't. What I'm saying is how many times when it's just you and God and you know it is. Live a supernatural life. You came to church today. My voice is a little raspy because I sang hard, loud and hard on the songs today. Because they are good songs. They are worshipful, praising songs. So I just can't go, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise. No, I'm not singing like that. So my voice is a little raspy. That's okay. When we come here today, I wanted to hear on the radio, Danny Gokey, who came in second in American Idol one year, is a strong Christian singer. He has a new song out that I want. It's called Faith. There's the other one. I, we listened to it in the driveway, just pulling out of the house. Uh, do what you did before. Do what you do, God. Do it. Sing the songs. You're supposed to come to church when, when we gather as brethren. It doesn't say church, it says brethren. With a song, a word, a hymn. You're supposed to come already loaded to participate. You might not have the microphone, but the word you have might bless sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. A song going off in your heart keeps you from thinking of all the junk that's out there. Gosh, I was I was pretty sure I was with Brandon and, and Bill downstairs a number of months back, a year ago, at the Double Doors. <clears throat> we got music on, Brandon's got it on, and Mark wrote a song, Set the Pace. I know that song. My boy wrote that song, and that song's all Jesus. And the first chord through, I knew what it was, and I just said, wait, everything stops. That's his song. That belongs to God. That belongs to God. You're supposed to come to church, every one of us, with a song, a hymn, or a word. What is a word? Try being nice. How about, hi, it's good to see you. I don't know your name, but don't be offended. I'm, I'll ask you two or three more times till I got it down, but I want to get to know you. Really? Yeah. I had a couple, good couple in the church, turned out to be good. I said, uh, how do you like the church? They've been with us about six months. They volunteer. They do this, this. And uh, also, gosh, we love the vision of the church. Oh, man, we love doing this stuff. I said, have you made any friends? No, not one. I said, 
I'm going to offend you right now. That's a you problem. You haven't made a friend. That's a you problem. You're working with people on some outreach, and you don't talk to them and say hi. I mean, I couldn't work on an assembly line of food to go to uh, one of the schools with Evelyn. Evelyn would be talking my ear off. I'd be talking her ear off. But us doing that had to start somewhere the first time. Chris, I think that was you and your wife were downstairs when we were, we talked and talked. How am I going to get to know them? By talking. There is a shower today for the most awesome couple you could ask to get to know. The Felders. Her mother's here. She's a doll. We went to their wedding. I did the wedding in Atlanta. And this lady made me feel like I was at her home and she was taking special care of me. And I'm, I'm the minority in this one. Nobody knows me. And she made me feel just so welcomed and loved. First time. We'll do it first time. I give a fist bump to the boys when they come down here. Because that's Pastor Jim's things with the boys when they come down here. It wouldn't be the same if I didn't. With any of them. For the garbage that I give Leah all the time. And tease her. It's worth every minute of it. Matt, how old are you? 35. He's not the little twerp that was in high school. I've known Matt since, gosh, most of, if not all of his life. You know, it's hard to call Matt. Matt, I'm doing it because he's guesting here today. Normally, what do I call you? Do you remember? Matt Man. Hey, Matt Man. That's just between you and me, Matt Man. But it belongs to him and me. And the smile went on his face. Do that with people. I know you got the stupid mask on. I'm working on having my eyes smile. That with my eyes they can see I'm making a difference. Amen? Okay. Luke chapter 11 verse 13 says, How much more so will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? A lot of people don't ask. I got 20 bucks in my pocket. You want the 20 bucks? Ask. You'll get the 20 dollars. No big deal. My point is this. You got to ask. How much more so will he give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Now, I tried to con God. I, I quit doing this sin and this sin, and I gave more money. I didn't know what tithing was, but I upped the money I gave, and I was nice to my two sisters that I'm never nice to. And I mowed the yard without being at all that stuff, trying to get God to give me the Holy Ghost. All I had to do was believe he did. And everything changed. You'd be surprised. Deborah got filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues, riding on the back, uh, on the back of a motorcycle. She went to a Christian meeting with her boyfriend, and she decided she wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost. She got filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues on the back of a motorcycle in, in traffic. I was so excited when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was at St. John's Church in the basement on a Wednesday night prayer group. I had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't quit talking when I was peeing. I'm doing just a base human thing. But in my spirit, I'm alive. Things are changing every day. That's why you pray in the Holy Ghost. That is why you read the Word. The combination of the two, the Word and the Spirit agree. It's going to change your life. And it'll get you paying attention more than a long time of 
Today I get to make a difference. Today I get to help that person. I don't go flip that person off. I get to wave high and help them. Amen. I used an example, and I won't use it this week, of uh, taking my phone and turning on the light, turning off the lights. I said, I've got a light. I'm the light of the world, the scripture says. One of the scriptures says, we are the light. Everybody else turn on your, and now look at the difference in this room. Instead of bumping into the pews trying to get to the door, you can see where you're going because all of us are the light of the world, and God uses what he does in our life through us to get light to somebody who lives in darkness. Young waitress, she, was, she might even be at the shower today, we're not sure. I've been working her over, you know, Pastor Jim style, just loving on her. She, her dad was abusive to mom and her. Uh, they're from Mexico City. And uh, she's not had a good dad figure in her life. You know what? She just said goodbye. I got the biggest hug and tears started coming. She goes, I wish you were my dad. Why? Because she had lived with a guy for five years and he became abusive. I said, that guy's fortunate. I didn't know you then because I make sure he never abused you again. You don't touch women. You don't touch children. If you're a man, be a man. You just don't. Protect your wife. Protect your... <laughs> you just protect the kids. Amen? Amen. Uh, it's just part of it, guys. I'm the light of the world, so are you. John 14, 12. Turn there. John, I only got two more scriptures and I got four minutes. Now I got Melvin looking at his watch. Going to say, I'm going to time him. Got to get to 14.12. When it says verily, verily in the King James, he's simply saying, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. Okay? I say unto you, he that believeth on me, do you believe on him? Do you really? You believe on him? Can he use you? Okay, here it comes. The works that I do, you will do also. And greater works because I go to the Father. Greater works than Jesus. That's what the Master said. He's not lying. He prefaces with telling you, I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Greater works. I want to see some greater works. I want to see some. He's done a few things privately for me and I've said, you didn't have to do that, sir. But he did. Had a First timer come to church with one of our ladies who's, she's a really nice lady in her mid-40s, early 50s. Uh, her name was Nelda, and she brought a lady to church, and the lady looked like uh, 10 miles of bad road. Just really rough. And uh, she's half Hispanic, and uh, I greet her at the end of service, and I'll tell you the truth, the eyes rolled back on me. That is a giveaway that we got a demon problem when the eyes roll just is. So I was nice and said, well, I invite you to come to service tonight. And Nella was going to work on her at lunch and get, try to get her back so I could pray for with her tonight. In the night, well, I get there at 4.30, the service is at 
I'm always studying, praying, getting myself quieted down, ready to roll. Oh, about 5.15, you could hear someone come into the building. This is at the Ryan High School building. I'm in my office, and all of a sudden the office door opens up. I, nobody ever bugs me. I didn't lock it. And here comes Nelda and the lady. And Nelda says, pray for her now! <laughs> okay. I started to pray for her, and this lady started to beat me up. She knocked me to the ground. She's maybe 140, 150 pounds. I'm 250 at that time. I tried to grab her. I couldn't control her. I finally started praying in the Holy Spirit, and she started screaming. And I laid on top of her until that demon came out. It took about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Funny thing, she's Spanish, right? Pastor Julio's church is down the hall, and some of the ladies had to go to the ladies' room, which is all the way down at the other end of the hall. So here I am laying on this Hispanic lady in the uh, center, in the lobby. She's screaming. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and they're going by. <laughs> they come back, and they go back into the room. Then they come back with about 10 other people. Now, I don't know what praying in the Spirit does for someone who's Spanish with an accent, whatever like that. But they were going to town. Whatever they were doing, they were going to town. This lady was a breeder for a cult. She'd been pregnant and given birth six times that they've offered the child to the devil six times and killed the child. She's going to get set free. We noticed that night, I think, Mike, you might even remember this. We have three strange cars loaded with men driving around our parking lot looking for her to take her back. And we snuck her out in a car and we got her to Indiana, where her family's from. But she got set free. Well, I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm tackling a woman onto the floor and yelling at her. She's free. They'll never kill another one of her children again. Her future and her destiny is so much different now than it was there. Stick your neck out. I like what the Holy Ghost said one time. He said, uh, stick your neck out, I'll back you. I'll back you. If I stick my neck out, not being a clown and trying to jack around, but if I'm really serious, no doubt in my heart, I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to get out there. He says, greater works will I do. Now, the last scripture for the day, and I'm one minute over, Melvin, you didn't even look at your wrist or anything. Mark 16. As I close before we have an incredible shower. One of the reasons I'm so high on this shower, not only because I love the Felder family, but we had three boys, and then we still birthed a girl. We tried one more time, and we got Mercedes. Had we let the defeat dictate our future, we wouldn't have Mercedes. I wouldn't have Colin, Matman, and Hope in my life. But in May, I wouldn't have a little baby because Mercedes is over halfway. Over halfway. Grandpa, grandpa and Grandma get to hold a baby in May. So you having a girl, having had the two boys, it just does something in my heart. Yes. Yes. Okay, the last one is Mark 16. This is, again, Jesus talking to his disciples. 
to those, one verse says, to those who believe. Do you believe? believe. Okay, says then, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. More literally said, I want you to go into the world where you live. No man can get to the whole world. They didn't have internet and you still can't get to the whole world. The literal Greek is go into the world where you live. I don't work at a restaurant. I don't work at the base. I work and do what I do here. But it says go out in the world where you live and then it says preach the gospel. Now, all you think, okay, that means you be Pastor Melvin standing saying, yea, though verily preach. No, preach means to speak and herald. The gospel is the good news. You know what's good news? God healed me yesterday. The good news, God blessed me yesterday. I preach by believing and speaking in faith what God has and is going to do in my life. Every one of you in here, go out in the world and preach. And you who believe, no, whoa, whoa, I read that wrong. You who are filled with doubt and don't believe at all. No, it says, he that believes and is baptized and saved shall, he shall believe and not be damned. I love this part. These signs will follow them that believe and who preach the gospel in the world where they live. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They take up a serpent. If they eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They'll lay hands on the sick. Now, I lay hands on the sick all the time. But I don't have to go, could I pray for you, ma'am? Bow your head. Let, give me your hands. No. I pat you on the back. I give you a high five. My hand on your body. That's all it takes. Amen. Time and time again, convenience stores. I pray for people and they get healed. Lady said, I'm going to go home. I'm so sick. I said, no, here, just give me a high five. I came back. I was went down to the grocery store, came back, put gas in. And I said, how are you doing? She goes, feel so much better. I'm going to stay and work and get my hours in. That's great. You know what I did? And she goes, what? I'm sticking my neck out. Remember the high five? Yeah. I'm not real churchy, but the word says, God's word says, if I lay hands on the sick, they'll get better. I laid hands on you, you got better. Would you rather be sick or better? I want to be better. Good. We got a deal here. It's not real churchy, but she's well, and she'll never forget that moment. And whether it's a seed or a watering, or a harvest, you have that opportunity. And you got to take it. Because that's your job. That's your part. You're the believing, so you better do the speaking. Now I want you to promise with me. Promise with me. Say out of your mouth, I promise to read a proverb a day and a chapter in the New Testament a day. And I will pray in the Spirit 15 minutes. What if I don't pray in the Spirit now? Ask Him. You'll get it. Don't fret. Don't get all crazy. I can remember people the first time. Hold on to my legs. Hold on to my shoulders. Some saying, let go. No, you got to hold on. I have no idea what these crazy people want me to do. I would have said anything to get out of that room. But it was just Him and me. Just Him and me. I asked my father. He gave. Simple. So, 
You can lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. There are more devils out there than you have any idea. I can't. I don't have time. Ah, oh, man, I want. Anyhow, you good? Now I want you to do a favor for me. For the months that I lay in a bed, you know, in different hospitals and different therapy places till I could get my keister here. It used to be a fat keister. It's much smaller now. I've dropped 80 pounds. So it's a little smaller keister, but I got it here as soon as I could because I wanted to be with you guys. I want to talk to you. Little Maddie, she turns five today. She's having a birthday party downstairs too. Five years old. What would her life be without you and your husband intervening? What would it be? Now look what it is and what it's going to be. We're going to go down and have a great, my wife is going to be really, I got three minutes before I cross her timeline, and that's the one you pay attention to, is her timeline. She's downstairs making sure the shower is great. Uh, we got tons of food. You, there's plenty of food for you to have uh, something to eat and some lunch and some drinks. And we got coffee. We got water. We got hot cocoa. We got desserts. We got uh, all kinds of stuff. So I would like you to go down and just spend a few minutes talking to some people, congratulating them. You say, well, I didn't know there was a shower. We had the weather just mess it up so bad. There'll be a bucket downstairs. If you want to drop in a one, five, or a hundred dollar bill, help yourself. But you know what? Your presence is what people want. Not presence, I get a gift. You're being there. You're being there is the presence of like precious faith. Harlan I haven't seen in three to four weeks. He's here. Got to see him. Haven't seen Matt Man, gosh, been a year, nah, just over a year. Yep. You staying with your mom? Yeah. And you didn't want anything to do with Winston, did you? That's Mercedes and Colin's dog. He will just be all over Matt Man. He wouldn't even be able to. <laughs> Winston's crazy. He's great. Have some fun. Have some fun. And then purpose always meet two people you don't know their first name. Right, Brooke? her second time here. She's someone we invited. And I will blow your name, young lady. What? I, I wanted to say Tierra, but it's just Kiera, right? The Tierra that we were on here. Kiera, isn't that beautiful? And I've got her to smile so far this morning three times. I'm exceeding my goals, okay? Stand to your feet. It is painful to me not to be able to gather with people of like precious faith. I don't forsake the assembling. I run to it. We, the weather has not been kind. It can snow all at once on Tuesday and Wednesday, but leave Saturday alone because we got to get everything plowed. And, and if it's below zero I'll, and the wind chills so bad, I'll cancel service, not because I want to, but I'm concerned for people's health and their ability to breathe. You know? So that's the reasons, but it means that for three weeks we didn't get to see you very much. And so just let me pass you. I love you. I thank you for coming. 
and uh, ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. He'll give them to you. He'll give them to you. And you'll be surprised whether it's on the back of a motorcycle or it's in a bathroom. God, he has such a sense of humor. He has put me in some... I said, you did this. Thank you, Lord. This is great. This is great. Amen? Amen. Go downstairs. Make sure you hug on the felders. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.